This podcast is brought to you by Pragmatic Play, an industry-leading content provider of slots, live casino, bingo, and virtual sports. Pragmatic Play excels at creating an immersive, engaging, and mobile-focused experience for players with over 200 HTML5 games that are available in all currencies, 31 languages, and all major certified markets. Discover more at pragmaticplay.com. This podcast is brought to you by Alia Play, a new generation game aggregator which provides over 5,000 games with only one integration. Partnering with 80 game providers, Alia is offering top iGaming content while positioning itself as a tech leader with Amazon Web Services and Java based platform. Alia's goal is to create an innovative and fun experience for the players. To find out more, visit alia.com. Hello, iGaming Intelligentsia. Before we start today's podcast, here is a message from our sponsors. The iGaming Next podcast is made possible with the support from our sponsors at Pragmatic Solutions, leaders in intelligent platform technology. I've been working with Ashley, Lewis and the guys over at Pragmatic Solutions over the last year. And as the early supporter of this podcast, I cannot recommend them enough. The Pragmatic Solutions Player Account Management Platform is an incredibly powerful technology stack for today's gaming business. Their modern modular platform provides all the core services to power your business and their SaaS licensing model allows you to reduce cost and accelerate your strategic goals. Enterprise technology with decades of operational know-how at scale built in. Upgrade your business to the Pragmatic Solutions PAM platform. Visit www.pragmatic.solutions to arrange a platform demo. Future trends, deep insights, industry leaders. This is the iGaming Next podcast with your host, Pierre Lint. I think we need to come up with an actual uh, intro here at some point. But uh, anyway, we are back with rapid fire news, Nico. How are you this morning? Um, I'm, I'm, I'm still, th- still thrilled up. I'm so pumped up, thrilled up because last week has been crazy. Long story short, last week has been a week which we have never seen before, right? <laughs> and uh, it's uh, crazy, crazy times within our industry. <laughs> and uh, yeah, as said, I'm, I'm thrilled, pumped up. How about you? And uh, uh, how are you doing, Pierre? Yeah, yeah. I mean, pumped up to say the least. And uh, what a week it has been. I mean, we're talking about massive hacks. We're talking about uh, attempted uh, attempted assassination, uh, Nostradamus on the stock market, and uh, Mickey Mouse uh, going into sports betting. I mean, what a what a crazy week it has it has been indeed. But uh, I am doing fantastic, Nico. We have just uh, a couple of uh, days left now. We are in the in the number of days uh, counting down to our major conference uh, I, I give me next and obviously our team here is is uh, very very busy uh, in general and we are kind of you know making sure that we have everything covered in, uh, before this conference and uh, uh, and so on it's the first event we do now in in uh, 18 months so that uh, you know you get a little bit rusty after a while not doing events so need to make sure that we have things covered so uh, so yeah i'm very excited and fingers crossed fingers crossed that each and everything will work out at least as planned, right? Uh, with respect to all the uh, COVID requirements, restrictions, so that you will be able to to make the event happen as you're, as you're planning to do so. And uh, fingers crossed as well that the actual numbers 
will uh, outperform your your wildest dreams. This is all I, uh, <laughs> I I wish you to happen. This is all I wish you to happen because I know for sure how much work you put into um, your company and uh, these kinds of events. And um, as said, fingers crossed. Yeah, thank you, Nico. Thank you. I, I'm, I'm, I, I appreciate uh, the nice the nice comments. So shall we shall we jump straight into what's happened this week? Because yeah. again, I mean, it's been it, it's. It's another week in our wonderful gaming industry with all these uh, crazy things that's uh, happening. But where shall we start, Nico? Yeah, for sure we should start um, with the attempted assassination of uh, the Israeli uh, billionaire Teddy Sagi, which has been not all over the news, to be honest, because there are a lot of rumors going around the, uh, about the why and how. Um, one thing we know for sure that Teddy, Teddy Sagi has not been murdered. And fingers crossed, it, he, will, he will have a long-lasting life. So that, that's the one thing we for sure wish him. And um, so as some people might not be aware who Teddy Sagi actually is, he's one of the guys, um, uh, one of the founders of, of Playtech, um, he, he's one of those guys who are dealing in the background and running the overall businesses, right? So some of the people, of course, know him, but he's not the one standing in the in the foreground, right? He's um, he, he passed the way for 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 the industry. He's also um, the owner of Camden Market in, in London as well, um, and. Uh, there's one rumor uh, floating around that um, Russians uh, literally, um, you know, uh, paid an uh, assassinate a, a guy um, an Aza from Azerbaijan and uh, authorities picked up um, these rumors and warned uh, Teddy. So he uh, was able to escape this attempted uh, murder while he was staying in Cyprus, um, and as as said, this is just um, this is just uh, crazy news. And as uh, as said, also um, just fingers crossed that each and everyone in our industry uh, will be healthy healthy as long as 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 possible. Yeah, that's what you're saying, Nico. There are rumors flying around here. One of the rumors of the. Uh... Uh, of the mot motivation for this uh, attempted assassination was uh, that it's uh, a business partner of Tadesagi, a Russian business partner, uh, who uh, um, uh, 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 someone to assassinate uh, him. Um, another rumor that there is uh, at the same time is uh, that it's an Ar Iranian plot. Uh, essentially, Tadesagi is uh, Israeli, and um, there's uh, the rumor is that um, the Iranians are. Uh, targeting Israelis essentially uh, and um, uh, those with a high profile. Uh, so, so uh, like you're saying, there's it's uh, unclarity exactly what has, uh, has happened. But what is uh, the fact is that there has been an attempted assassination on on, on Tedesage, the the founder of Playtech, which is um, you know one of the major uh, service providers within uh, our industry, a multi-billion uh, euro company. Uh, who, who has a lot of legacy in, in this uh, industry. So I guess uh, we can only wait and see if there are more reports coming out there, if, the, if there will ever be any clarity in what happened on this uh, story. But uh, uh, again, for our industry, this is, uh, this is um, 
uh, of course, uh, disturbing news. But, uh, ho you know, fortunately, this uh, ended well. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. So, um, yeah, how do we actually continue? Right? How do we actually continue? But in, in the end, we, we must continue. Um, yeah, German regulation. Funny thing. So That's the German regulator. About. Yeah, the German <laughs> regulator appointed a dynamic duo to actually run um, the authorities in Halle. So it's uh, Mr. Benter, who um, worked for the uh, Ministry of um, Interior of the North German state of Schleswig-Holstein. Schleswig-Holstein has one of the more operator-friendly states in Germany, and they have been issuing casino and sports betting licenses uh, already back in 2012. So a lot of the operators, uh, European operators, actually applied for Schleswig-Holstein license, so they have been able to actually offer their casino slots and sports betting services in, uh, in Germany, at least in Schleswig-Holstein, and then they use their MGA license to actually um, offer their services overall in Germany. So Mr. Benter, for sure, is the operator-friendly um, guy, while Mr. Schwanke had been um, working, um, or he had the position of head of uh, the Ham Hamburg, which is a, a state, uh, which is a city-state um, gambling authority, and he is more seen as the—I wouldn't state it as a suspicious part—but he is balancing um, the overall uh, with with Mr. Bentner. So for sure, this dynamic duo, um, it will be quite interesting to see how they actually um, run the services. But one thing is. It's quite interesting that they released a press statement that um, the overall authority in Halle will be up and running in July 2022. So as of now, within the time span of at, of um, at least one year, as the uh, the overall jurisdiction in Germany uh, started by July 2021, it will take them one year uh, to put the overall authority. Um, Full, fully um, up and running. So for sure, we will see something in um, in Germany as well. Yeah, so it's a kind uh, of like a, a good cop, bad cop situation happening over there. What, what's your expectations now, Nico? As the uh, 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 as we are now a couple of months into the uh, re-regulation in Germany, w will the market recover? Um, what, what's your thoughts now on Germany? Because obviously the operators uh, have been having to sacrifice most of their German revenue. Will they be able to rectify? So, uh, first of all, from the sports betting part, uh, we we are already in a, in a pretty good um, regulatory framework, um, but this this is run uh, by a different entity. It's, uh, it's um, located in Darmstadt, and they already started um, dealing with regulations uh, back in 2013, 2014. And it took them quite a while to actually, you know, uh, get into touch and um, see that it needs a dialogue with the operators to actually agree on things which make sense, which uh, also the operators um, follow. So they literally pathed the way with the regulatory, uh, with the regulator, uh, uh, Tories and the operators 
starting a dialogue. So if you just think about, okay, it took them um, at least five to, to six years to set up the overall process. Uh, I don't expect Halle to be up uh, to be to be fully up and running um, in the near future. Uh, of course, we 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 should see some lessons learned also uh, for the overall licensing process and all the sports betting uh, license holders. Uh, they often also run a casino as well or slots, so uh, they they are quite aware of the overall licensing process and what it actually takes. Um, to to uh, being granted a license and this will be a good thing as they also have some lessons learned so as long as each and every um, partner of this dialogue will be able to actually follow a dialogue and is willing to open up a dialogue then um, we will for sure um, see a very strong market in, in Germany as well but as soon as um, this dialogue will be will be not able to take as either the operators are not willing to talk to the authorities, which I doubt, or the authorities will not be able uh, or wanting to actually speak to the operators, which I also doubt as well. But these are the two heavyweights which just need to get along um, as of now. And as soon as we can overcome that obstacle, I'm pretty sure the German market uh, will be a decent market as well. Mm. Yeah, interesting. It's it's a million dollar question, I guess, uh, how this all will play out because the um, the German regulators, you know, other regulators in Europe are looking closely at this model, of course, uh, and um, uh, and uh, it seems almost that the regulators in Europe are competing who can be the toughest, and obviously the Germans are taking it uh, one step further now. So it will be interesting to see how it all plays out uh, as we go along. But I'm sure there'll be more updates on this topic. Yeah. And um, heading over to another uh, regulation, which we have just seen being working for one week, as we are at the 8th of uh, October, heading over to the Netherlands. They just uh. established their regulatory framework as a valid uh, option, and only licensed operators will be able to actually work uh, and to operate in, uh, in the Netherlands. Um, and they have already seen and overcome one obstacle with the self-exclusion program, which has not been up and running by the 1st of October. So they for sure had to, I wouldn't state it like clean out the closet, but for sure this was one of the um, critical paths of the regulatory framework, which they needed to fix um, very, very fast, which they did. And with a press release just this week's Tuesday on the 5th, they stated, okay, it has been fixed, but there you can see um, that um, these critical parts of a self-exclusion service has been involved in the overall regulatory framework. And as soon as there's a mail function, um, then the, the business just stops there. Um, from a player protection uh, point of view, of course, this makes sense, a lot of sense. And how it actually... Um, played out and has been played by the Dutch regulator was good as well. So, um, 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 and, and, and as said, they, they um, have been able to fix it quite soon, very, very um, soon. So as of now, uh, for sure, we will see even more operators applying for license in, in the Netherlands as well, as well. And what is very specific 
um, in the Netherlands, it's um, their so-called cooling off period. What does a cooling off period mean? So we've seen, and I'm pretty sure you will give us some insights on this one as well, as we touched on on that topic last week already, why some of the operators actually pulled out of the market. So with the cooling off period, it's pretty simple. As long as you're operating in the Netherlands and not holding a license, this amount of time will be added to you being able to actually enter the market, although you already hold a license in the future, and then you won't be able to actually deal in the market and to operate in the market. So that's why um, Kindred, Leo Vegas pulled out of the market to not have this um, cooling off period added to their, now you're able to actually operate in the market as your licensed entity. So this gives us a little bit of um, light into the why Leo Vegas and Kindred uh, already put pulled out of the market. And um, you're, you're quite familiar with the, with the numbers and the EBITDA um, losses of, of Kindred. But besides this um, EBITDA um, loss, there's also some implications on the stock markets as well, right? Yeah, exactly. And uh, I think Kindred is the most uh, interesting example here. And we, we touched on it already last week. But uh, again, to, to reiterate, I mean, Kindred sent out, uh, you know, just to re reiterate what Kindred did here uh, last week. First, they went out with a press release saying that they would continue to operate in the Netherlands, which was a shock to the industry. Uh, because um, at the same time, Betson and Leo Vegas and others had already announced that they are pulling out uh, the market until they are granted a license. Um, but the Kinder chose to go against this, and it was as a surprise to everyone. But then, uh, less, than, less than a day later, they uh, retracted that decision and decided to pull out of the market. And you can see why they didn't want to pull out of this market, because um, the Netherlands uh, is a big market for Kindred. They, uh, they announced in the, in the press release where they decided to pull out of the market, they, they, um, they disclosed that this would mean uh, roughly a 12 million uh, pound EBITDA loss per month. And then, you know, then the natural question is, can we put that into perspective? What does this mean for the group? And the total EBITDA uh, made per month in Kindred is roughly 38 million in the, if you take the average uh, of the last quarter. And that means that essentially... Kindred is losing one third of their entire EBITDA. That does not mean that they are losing one third of their revenue. It's important to remember this, right? But it it indicates that uh, the the Dutch market was uh, very profitable to to Kindred, uh, that they had good margins in the in this market, um, and it can also indicate that this covers a lot of the losses that they are making in the US, which they aren't really disclosing in the quarterly reports uh, now. So, so you know. One third of EBITDA gone. Um, how is this going to affect uh, the, the uh, running of the company going forward? Um, there's a lot of question marks uh, here, but one thing is, is definitely true, and that is that the shareholders are absolutely taking note of this. And um, share price has fallen uh, north of 30% in the last couple of weeks since the Netherlands, since the minister in the Netherlands uh, announced uh, uh, this uh, thing about the cooling off period. 
And um, that's quite interesting because uh, these losses are seemingly temporary, right? They will be granted a license in the Netherlands. Uh, and uh, the expectation that they will be granted a license will be somewhere around Q2, early Q3, Q2, Q3 uh, of, of next year. Uh, they, they, they are indicating spring, springtime, but uh, there's also something called the Hofbauer's Law. And it's a very important thing to know about the Hofbauer's Law in your normal life because... Uh, the Hofbauer's law, it states that things always take longer time than what you think, even when taking into account Hofbauer's law, right? Mm. So even when you think that th things are going to take longer than they than announced, they still take longer time. So let's see if that is true in this case. Uh, we have no way of knowing that, of course, but I don't think it's going to be, they, they will get their license granted in a, in a shorter period of time, let's say that. Um, so, so 30% loss on the stock market, albeit uh, they, they have lost 30% of their uh, of their EBITDA, uh, but uh, this is seemingly temporary. Now, when they can, when they are activated in the Netherlands again, the question is uh, how quick is it going to take for them to build up the same revenues in the Netherlands? Uh, not only the same revenues, but the, the same uh, the same EBITDA. Uh, in that market, uh, because uh, obviously uh, there's the tax implications coming into play now, and um, and, and and a lot more different dynamics. And, and another thing in the Netherlands, um, and correct me if I'm wrong here, now, Nico, and and it may be that this needs to be fact checked, but I'm pretty sure that once you are granted a license, you are not allowed to work with the with the database that you have built up in the Netherlands uh, while being unregulated. So in other words, if you have half a million accounts uh, in, in the Netherlands signed up uh, in the last 10 years, you're not allowed to use that uh, database. Now, please fact check this and this has, has evidence, but I'm, I'm fairly certain that this is the, uh, that this is the case in the Netherlands. So, so that means that you have to start from scratch, essentially, uh, if, if that is true. Uh, so, so a lot of dynamics at play here. What what mm. might what might be um, the underlying for this um, for for this fact is that now other KYC um, regulations come into play, which means that you have to fully identify your players. Maybe within the database you build up um, while being operating in the in the Netherlands, um, people had been able to actually spend money uh, and to you know use your uh, operations, um, use your uh, or participate at your offerings and not um, needing or not having the need to actually um, run a fully uh, KYC process. So maybe um, this, this might be the reason because that's pretty much the same we're seeing in Germany, right? Mm. With, the, with the regulatory framework, also KYC um, requirements change a little bit towards um the benefit so-called beneficial owner uh of an account what does the beneficial owner of an account mean first of all it's a it's a legal um phrase beneficial owner beneficial owner literally means that the person um topping up the account using the account uh for the playing activity uh, activities is also um the one signing up for the account as well so if Pierre Lind uh, signed up uh, for an account, Pierre Lind is um, depositing money towards this account. 
uh, it shouldn't be Nico Jansen using this account. That's pretty much yeah. what a beneficial owner is. And if this is also um, applying for the um, Dutch regulation as well, I'm pretty sure that you can, of course, still use your database, but all the customers which you already have within your database need to run the full uh, KYC process. And if, uh, of course, if a customer um, doesn't want to run the full KYC process, you're not able to offer um, your slots offerings or um, sports betting offering, offerings to that specific uh, customer. Yeah. So it's not starting from scratch, but all your customers need to run the overall KYC process. Right, 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 right. Uh, understandable. And, and also, you know, this, uh, it will be very interesting to see what Kindred is going to do with their, uh, with their investments into the, into the US market. Um, they, have also, they have as a goal to, to take market share in the high single digits uh, in the states where they operate. Uh, but uh, the indications uh, from the numbers that are being released is that they are operating in the very low single digits or even uh, below a single digit uh, market share in some states that they're operating at the moment. And this is an expensive experiment. And um, presumably, Kindred, are looking, uh, Kindred will be looking at uh, how they can rectify their EBITDA uh, now. So the question is, uh, what are they going to do with the investments into the, into the US uh, uh, as we go forward here now in the next, uh, in the next year? Uh, are they going to continue pushing? I mean, I, at the end of the day, you look at Kindred from all angles, and it just seems to be the perfect acquisition target. I mean, they are at a discount at the moment. They have licenses in the US. Um, they have a great team. They have a good brand, solid brand, uh, uh, all of this. And I cannot see a possibility where an American media house or land-based casino is not taking note of the fact that uh, they, they can be sold at a, at a discount at the moment. Um, it too seems clear as day to me, but uh, maybe there is something that I'm missing. But uh, it's, it seems like the perfect acquisition target for anyone who wants to establish a B2B in the US market at the moment and, and who don't want to spend, um, you know, uh, tens of billions to, to, to get to that space. Yeah, there isn't that many other uh, targets out there at the moment. It will be interesting to see. It's my prediction. I think Kindred will be acquired. Uh, especially in, like even more so now I think uh, I, I just cannot see it not happening yeah yeah especially as, as the stock stock market price, uh, price has gone down a little bit which mm. makes it even more interesting uh, to actually you know buy buy a company mm. so for sure yeah. for sure and as we have seen uh, a lot of the other operators are literally topping up their uh, their pockets with you know um, issuing bonds like like Leo, Leo Vegas just just did in uh, uh, Stockholm and Nasdaq, uh, they topped mm. up their, uh, their their pockets with uh, 50 million in fresh cash. I'm pretty sure 50 million won't be enough to actually uh, buy Kindred, um, but yeah. this is something we've seen for uh, for quite quite some weeks. Um, companies specifically aiming to being listed. 
Um, the payment solution provider Nuvi has just been listed yesterday um, at the New York Stock Exchange at the official Nasdaq. Uh, we've seen PaySafe uh, being listed. Um, as said, we've we've seen Leo Vegas uh, topping up um, their their pockets. Um, Better Collective um, topping up their pockets. So there's a lot of going on. Uh, behind the scenes, and for mm. sure, we will see even further um, M&A ac activities, especially as there is quite a lot of money out there, um, cheap money, uh, if you just take into account the, the interest rates, um, which are now being paid uh, on the um, official um, financial markets and finance markets. Mm. But just staying there with the um, with the, the, the bigger companies and uh, with the U.S. Evolution, one of your most beloved companies as well, they just entered the U.S. market as well. So they just signed a distribution partnerships with Betway. So they will now be able to offer their uh, RNG random number generating casino games um, using Betway as their distribution channel in New Jersey and Pennsylvania. So what are your thoughts about this one, having the heavyweight of evolution entering the U.S. premises, the promised land as well? Well, I think I think you will. I think evolution has already established a foothold uh, in in the U.S. Uh, since the previous, and it's it's their biggest growth market. It's been over the the, the last year. If you look at the the percentage-wise, how, how much they are growing quarter over quarter in the U.S. Um, uh, on on the live uh, side of things, uh, particularly, um, and so you know, Evolution is in a very unique position in the U.S. Uh, as they are um, as they are exclusively operating on the on the live side of things. There is uh, only Evolution who are offering live casino in North America at the moment, uh, and so they have a monopoly. There, right? It's uh, and. You can ask yourself why? Why is that? You know, it seems seems uh, seems strange that there's only one live provider in the U.S. Well, the the answer to that question is um, uh, again the infrastructure that's needed to build studios in every single state where you operate, uh, the licensing that it takes uh, in order to to activate uh, uh, these players, and uh, uh, and obviously uh, uh, coming to uh, to to terms with the operators as well. Um, evolution is in such a strong position. They have so much uh, tailwind that um, operators don't need to 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 work with more than one live studio. Uh, evolution already covers the needs for a live studio. Uh, it's not like on the RNG side where every game is different uh, from from each other. Uh, most of the games on the live side are basic games. You play blackjack or you play roulette, and then of course, Evolution and other studios are spicing things up with um, with additional offering, uh, where they uh, where they produce uh, these uh, game shows, for example, or uh, they take traditional games like blackjack or roulette mm -hmm. and they just make them exciting. Like uh, they, they, there's lightning roulette, of course, uh, um, uh, on um, on Evolution side, and then there's uh, Quantum. Blackjack of Playtech, for example. But, uh, you know, look at Playtech, as we discussed here previously with Tadisagi, which is the main competitor on the live side uh, on, of Evolution, if you can call them a competitor, because they are significantly smaller. But uh, uh, Playtech ha 
have been trying to get into the US for years and they haven't been able to establish a foothold yet. Um, Evolution is in such a strong position. Again, they have uh, they, they, they have grip on the on the um, on the operators. Uh, uh, Evolution are, are by far the most safe uh, uh, live studio to work with in terms of uh, connectivity and, and uptime and and um, uh, and just quality of product and so on. Uh, and uh, now, obviously, uh, on the RNG side as well, uh, they have some strong brands with uh, Red Tiger, uh, Netant, and now Big Time Gaming since uh, about half a year. Uh, back, uh, but what I think is, they need to prove themselves now on the RNG side, um, uh, because uh, from a year ago where they uh, where they acquired Netant, uh, then they haven't been able to grow the revenues in uh, the RNG side of things, and um, Netant has been stagnant for many many years. They 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 had their peak in the early 2010s, but since then they have been stagnant. And it's now up to evolution to turn that around. And so far, a year later, they haven't been able to do that. And I think the next quarterly report uh, is going to be interesting to see uh, if the the um, if the numbers are still stagnant. Because in the last quarter is where uh, evolution have now started to push out uh, their they have started to roll out their product plan uh, that they set when they uh, when they took uh, um, Netant over. So you you will now start to see the results of the likes of Todd Hasshalter and his team uh, putting his magic over the RNG games, essentially. So so we'll, we'll see some interesting numbers here in the next quarterly report. Uh, and um, I would still think that it's going to take longer time to steer the ship around. There's going to be, be a couple of mistakes. There's going to be a trial and errors as uh, as uh, Evolution of the, with their live experience is trying to do RNG games uh, in combination with the, with the teams of of Tiger and, and Netant and Big Time Gaming. Um, and so we might see a couple of stagnant quarters uh, still, and we might see some failures in the games. But then eventually, I'm sure they'll be able to create some hit games uh, as well. So um, so yeah, expectations are, are very high. I'm very, very curious to see what's going to happen in the next quarterly report, specifically because um, uh, Evolution has been one of the losers as well here in the last couple of weeks since the news of Netherlands comes out. They have... They have um, uh, they have lost about 18% of their market cap on the uh, on the stock market, uh, and um, for seemingly not for seemingly no reason, to be honest. And so the next quarterly report will will be very interesting if they can continue their growth, uh, and especially in the US market. So that's those will be my my humble analysis. <laughs> um, just 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 staying with um, with the topic of uh, try and error and um mostly error uh by beginning of this uh, this week we've all been facing the um massive non-availability of facebook and um right. but besides facebook which is just um something which most of us probably don't understand you know running a database with billions of customers um, having all the verticals uh, streaming into one platform. So this might be a little bit of too far away uh, for us. But one thing we've seen as well has been a Twitch hack. So <laughs> what has happened on the, on the Twitch end? Uh, what has been the hack uh, about? And are there any further insights you can, you can walk us through? Yeah, I mean, the, uh, we are talking here about uh, one of the biggest leaks ever 
I mean, this is uh, massive news in the tech world, and this touches the agami industry, of course, because uh, the, the, the gambling streamers is one of the biggest categories on Twitch. So what has happened? Well, there's been, tw Twitch has been getting a lot of flack from their own community lately. Uh, and uh, the reason for this is um, that there is a lot of uh, there's a lot of trolls and nefarious, uh, you know, kids you can, uh, on on Twitch. At the end of the day, it's most 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 users are kids at, on, on Twitch, and and there's been these um, really nefarious and nasty hate rates, as it's called, where basically uh, there is a function on Twitch that when you watch a stream and it's about to end, the streamer can send their users to to another channel. Uh, right, so that, so that the viewers can continue watching uh, and keep them on the platform. This is great uh, feature because uh, it's uh, it's uh, it helps streamers to to kind of cross over with their communities to help each other to to build an audience and and uh, obviously the audience stays engaged and so on. But it's also being used for this really toxic uh, reason, which is uh, that streamers uh, they target like marginalized. Uh, uh, streamers and um, uh, and uh, it, it it usually uh, targets like gay people or it targets black people and so on, where uh, a streamer will send his audience to a channel just to spam hate in the channel and it's it's really nefarious and really nasty. So uh, so the community has um, been demanding Twitch to act and Twitch has been not very responsive uh they they haven't been acting they 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 have been kind of implementing new chat filters because uh you know you you would you would write nasty words but you would just circumvent the words with a dot or just uh, a, 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 another letter or something like that and and obviously the the, the meaning is still clear uh and, and so this hate has been able to go on and you know to twitch defense, I guess it's it's just very difficult to moderate a chat in in real time. I mean, there's thousands and thousands of channels, and it's difficult to moderate channels which uh, doesn't have any viewers, you know. Uh, mm -hmm. But the larger point is still, I think, that social media is unregulated uh, uh, to this point. And um, you mentioned here the Facebook uh, downtime. Uh, that that uh, also happened earlier in the week, which was <laughs> it was a bliss to be honest with you. No Facebook, no Instagram, no WhatsApp for uh, for a day, and the world became a little bit better for it, I think. But um, <laughs> but uh, taking that aside, at the same time, what happened is that there was a Facebook uh, whistleblower, an employee within Facebook, who came out with uh, 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 basically accusing Facebook for hiding their own research. Which was saying that uh, face, using Facebook, using social media is detrimental to the mental health of young mm -hmm. people, mm -hmm. uh, and it's something that we all know. I mean, scrolling the endless feed, seeing pre people's perfect lives, it's just going to have a detrimental effect on on your mental health. It, 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 we know it; it's intuitive. We can feel it. But uh, Facebook have been researching this and and uh, came come to the same conclusion, but they haven't been honest with the results they have been hiding this result and so there was a whistleblower who, who went to the uh, to the u.s uh, uh, officials essentially uh, uh, with the documents with the proof and she's been testifying uh, now in the um, in the in the senate i believe uh, basically spilling the beans uh, uh, here so so it goes to the larger point of social media has to become regulated and if anyone knows about regulation it is the eye gaming industry. 
right? We know what it means to start to, to, to navigate a, a regulated, a heavy regulated landscape. And everyone knows that, of course, the gambling industry should be regulated. Of course, we shouldn't be able to, um, to, to let underage people play a casino. Of course, we should uh, understand that there are people who are not able to control their gambling and they need to be protected. Of course, we understand this. And, uh, and, and um, of course, we also understand that there will be nefarious players uh, if uh, there is no regulation. So there is a lot of good companies out there uh, that are trying to operate in an ethical way. But there is also a lot of nefarious players uh, that would want to operate in an unregulated landscape and just, uh, just to earn as much money as they can. And, you know, we are going full circle in a lot of uh, sense here with Twitch because uh, as a starting point here, uh, again, uh, the, uh, Twitch uh, ex experienced this hack and it was basically uh, a hacker who, who, who hacked the entirety of Twitch. Uh, essentially, all the logs, the the, um, the source code of the entire site, uh, internal projects that has been worked upon that has been secret up until this point has been leaked. Um, how much money has the streamers earned? This uh, information has been leaked, and a lot, a lot, a lot of other information as well. And this, the hacker went out on 4chan, which is this anonymous chat board, and basically explained the reason for this. And that is just what we talked about here before. He said that the um, he said that the Twitch community is a, is a cesspool and he is joining this movement of uh, Twitch needs to change, essentially. Uh, and uh, Twitch are being targeted for this uh, reason or with this uh, leak. And, you know, it doesn't really, it doesn't end there either because there's, there's other news that are related to Twitch and gambling that's come, that came out in the last couple of days here as well. And that also touches on this, you know, regulated versus unregulated unreg space which is the fact that um, th there is a six-part uh, mini-documentary that is being released at the moment. The first part has been released. And it's basically one of the, one of the uh, major streamers in the Twitch community. He has, he's doing an investigation, his own investigation, into the fact that many of the most popular ga gaming streamers, like these Counter-Strike streamers and, and Fortnite streamers, seemingly have much more money to spend than what they should have mm. uh, according to the numbers of streams that they have and so on and some of these streamers have been starting to do gambling streams uh, recently mm. and there are a couple of gambling sites which uh, which they promote and uh, one of them being uh, a, a crypto site called rubet so mm -hmm. r-o-o-b-e-t they are a major sponsor of um some of the uh, some of the major mainstream Twitch streamers like uh, Aiden Ross and this particular documentary is targeting Steve Will Do It. So the, the, if you go on YouTube and you, you you put Steve Will Do It, you'll you'll basically see one of the most popular streamers uh, in in um, on, on Twitch who also releases YouTube videos and so on. And so here it was becomes interesting. So Rubet and some of these other uh, crypto uh, gambling sites that are active on Twitch to promote gambling uh, are completely unregulated. Completely unregulated. You don't need any KYC to sign up to uh, to uh, to these sites, and you can just send 
you can just send crypto into your account. Uh, you cannot be traced who you are gambling. And so most of these streamers are, they predominantly have an underage viewership, right? So, so someone estimated that uh, Aiden Ross, who is this very, I mean, you know, we are, past, we are a different generation now, Nico, but, but this Aiden Ross is a household name in the US. You know, mm -hmm. he cannot go yeah. out on the street. He's, he's uh, so famous amongst the kids, you know? So he, they estimated he has like probably a 90% of his uh, community is underage. And he is actively uh, uh, promoting gambling, essentially, to these unregulated crypto crypto sites. And so there is this really interesting documentary now that is looking into this and, and trying to figure out who are the people behind Rubet. Uh, and um, it's very, very interesting. I'm going to see if I can quickly find the name of it. So, so if you if you go on YouTube and you search Steve will do it. Oh, oh sorry, Steve will do its dark secret. And then you'll see Rubet's House of Cards, episode one. It's a 15-minute episode, and it's very interesting. I recommend everyone to, to check this out. I mean, this is, it's, a, it's a really well-edited and put together a first part of this six-part documentary series that is going to look uh, into this more closer. And if I would give my spin to it and just quick analysis, I would say that, you know, the crypto space is so new. The Twitch space is so new. And there is so many uh, young people in this space who are trying to make a break. And they tr they're starting product left, right, and center without understanding the implications, without understanding um, how this affects people's lives and, and so on. They just want to kind of make quick money. And, mm. you know, the, the seemingly, uh, Rubet, the, the guys behind it are seemingly quite young, you know, um, how would you say, uh, naive uh, uh, owners who don't really know much about anything else than uh, you know they've been at the, they, they were able to put this product together unregulated and so on but you have to expect that this will uh, obviously come back hard to them I mean you don't want to be located in the US uh, while operating an illegal crypto site targeting American players I mean if there's anything we learned from Black Friday I mean we've been in the industry for long enough to remember this is that when the hammer comes down in the US, it comes down hard, right? <laughs> and um, so, uh, so, so to, to summarize everything, I mean, Twitch is, in, is going through a lot of controversy at the moment. Uh, the, the, the community is seemingly turning their back. Uh, at the same time, the, the, these uh, streamers are, some streamers are being nefarious. Some of the various players are entering uh, this space as well, uh, operating these ill illegal gambling sites. And it just puts on in the face of the of the agam industry as well. When there are other players who are trying to who is trying to make uh, who is trying to do things in the right way. Yeah, in, interesting uh, topic. And as as you already mentioned, right? Um, Black Friday, the U.S. Uh, state authorities they don't play around, right? Once they are fed up with something. They will just for sure put an end to, to things. Uh, yeah. And then uh, it ain't fun at all for each and everyone, uh, not aiming for a quick buck, but aiming for a reliable market. And this will for sure happen, first of all, to the social media entities, um, mm -hmm. to the girl actually testifying what she, uh, and she has proof of her, of, her, of her arguments, right? And then the Twitch League, um yes. as well 
um, but I'm I'm pretty sure this this ain't the end of it. This ain't the end of it. Um, and uh, it's up to us. It's up to uh, it's up to the industry being able to regulate itself um, to actually come up with a with a solution, as we have been um, dealing with um, for quite long for quite a long time. For quite often, as you can see, that usually regulation happens on a um, state by state or country by country um, side, and um, our industry is able to navigate through all this. Uh, regulation and still be a reliable, uh, reliable uh, company, or to offer reliable company, and also um, to offer reliable player protection as well. Yeah, yeah. We, you know, we were joking. Me and me and Igor, my friend, uh, here the other day, we were saying that you know the, the clearly so the social media uh, platform needs to be regulated, and I mean we all know that you know it's it's clear as they should say. And who better to uh, uh, to consult in this regulation than contacting the uh, the, uh, the gambling industry professionals uh, uh, here? We can give incredible advice for how this space should be regulated and still be able to function. <laughs> Because if there's anything that's been shown during these last couple of years, is that the gaming industry is very resilient. We'll find a way, and so will the social media space at the end of the day. Even if we put really hard regulations and strict regulations uh, on this space, uh, uh, that will that will be detrimental to uh, to their uh, to their revenue. It takes some time, and you'll be able to adapt and so on, and then and then you can continue to do do business, uh, but hopefully in a more ethical and positive uh, way. So so yeah, so the the. The door is open for uh, for the for the for the U.S. regulators for the social media uh, industry to contact the gambling industry, and um, maybe we will be the unexpected hero uh, for once. <laughs> but but just staying in the U.S., just staying in the U.S. and uh, talking about heavyweights, DraftKings and FanDuel, they have been pretty much leading the pack um, for quite a long time, and for September. They combined 59% of the overall app downloads, betting app downloads in the US. So we can see um, the impact of these two heavyweights in the overall US markets, right? Uh, starting off with the uh, daily fantasy sports, um, getting into the uh, sports betting market as well. Of course, within sports betting, the regulation works a little bit different with respect to the age you're able uh, or you must have. Sports betting is um, you're considered as fully aged um, as soon as you're 21. Uh, daily fantasy sports you're able to use um, while you're already 18 years of age. So it's a um, difference of, of uh, three years. Uh, within the age as well, but there you can see um, the power of these two um, heavyweights already. And if there's someone uh, already being able to navigate on a state-by-state -state, uh, basis, it's it's uh, at least these two who are considered as uh, as the new age uh, of gaming and gambling providers as. They entered the space already with the um, daily fantasy sports um, offerings and now becoming the sports betting companies uh, as well. And once you gained the trust of the customers, um, you're able to um, add different verticals uh, to your offerings 
as well. Exactly. I mean, the the you know, because of like my friend James King, who is presenting at Agumi Next um, uh, in in a couple of weeks, he is going to make this point very clear that uh, the the um, the Agumi industry is about to go mainstream. More and more household brands are 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 entering the mix, uh, and and also also personalities, celebrities, and so on. Uh, there was a, a, a partnership between Beth MGM and Bill uh, Bill Burr uh, re- recently, here, which is one of the most famous comedians in the world, uh, who is going to promote Beth MGM uh, uh, through uh, his podcast. Uh, also, I, I don't know if there's any space geek out there, but uh, there was the, the four crew who went up to space a couple of weeks ago uh, through Elon Musk initiative to send an all civilian crew to space. They they flew to space for three days. Came back safely, and um, one of the crew members placed the first ever bet in space. <laughs> oh. uh, also on BetMGM uh, uh, here, um, the, the the captain of that mission. So, uh, so more and more addition initiatives are happening that are targeting in the mainstream, and more and more brands, like we said, um, there's uh, Foxbet uh, have entered uh, the mix. Our friend Daniel Gratzner obviously is pulling in Maximbet, and. Um, and uh, we, what we spoke about here before the podcast now, Nico, is uh, that uh, Disney is entering the mix here with uh, targeting sports betting. And we were speculating, as, uh, are we going to see uh, MickeyMouseBet.com perhaps? Or uh, <laughs> so, I don't know. What do you think? <laughs> first of all, these rumors have been floating around uh, for years already, right? As it possibly... Uh, is just one logical step and um, for Disney as well. And uh, the CEO, Bob uh, Chapek, he was speaking at a Goldman Sachs investor conference um, mid of September. I don't know the exact date, but it should be around 21st, 22nd, 23rd of September. And he specifically um, lined out or outlined that Disney is of course having a look at the um, sports betting industry as well specifically and he named okay first of all our business partners are eyeing on the sports betting industry business partners are the nfl mlb uh, nhl and all the broadcast rights they already um, have and hold for the espn um, entity as, as as well then, of course, um, the overall perception of the gaming industry in the U.S. is changing from uh, pretty much seen as, as the um, bad and ugly part, the devil part, um, if you want to call it uh, in that specific way. And based <clears throat> on the overall market power which Disney has, you know, we're speaking about 100 74 million subscribers across their services and 14.9 million subscribers for the ESPN Plus offerings. <laughs> of course, they wow. are eyeing on that industry as well as soon as the overall perception actually changes. There was a, a friend of mine um, actually stating, Jens Bader, he's in the industry, in the gaming industry from a payment perspective, Um, for quite a long time, at least 15 years of age. And uh, he remembered quite clearly that as soon as Disney found out that um, the business of a a partner 
is linking or is in touch with gaming industry, gambling industry, they stop the cooperation. So as soon as Disney has been aware of anything of a business partner being related to gaming, they stop the cooperation. So this is where they are coming from. And as of now, yeah. they're specifically eyeing um, towards the gaming industry. There's a rumor going around that they are already in talks with uh, 888 Holdings, uh, sub-licensing um, the exclusive right, uh, right to offer sports bet in the ESPN um, area. And um, they're talking about a deal worth $3 billion. Uh, they also might set up their own sports betting company as well. Um, so for sure, um, we will see uh, a move of Disney and uh, they have deep pockets. They have pretty deep pockets. So maybe um, they will buy into a sports betting company and relabel it as a Mickey Mouse bet. <laughs> I, I hope I will see that day, Nico, to be honest with you. I, I really, really hope I'll see the day where Mickey Mouse bet uh, uh, comes to life. I'll be, I'll be the first customer. Um, but uh, I, th I think this is, uh, this is a point that solidifies this larger trend, which is the fact that you know, going back a year, the COVID happened. And all of a sudden, the land-based casinos in the U.S. Uh, panicked into uh, securing an online uh, gambling offering. But what we see now is that it's the media houses that are entering the mix. And it makes so much sense if you think about it that if you are, uh, if, if you are, if you have ESPN, you you will have this massive demographic of. Uh, of users who will who will stream sports on their uh, ESPN Plus uh, platform, and why wouldn't you uh, flip the switch and use Office Sports Bet uh, to this uh, to this demographic? There is a very niche demographic who is uh, purposely going to seek themselves to DraftKings and Bet365 and the William Hills and so on uh, to place uh, bets. That's just that's just the way it is, you know. We uh, to to seek your way into a platform for this specific uh, action that you want to take, which is sports betting, is a very purposeful um, funnel into uh, into actually go into wager uh, a sports bet. But what the media houses are now doing is that they are putting the content in front of you, which everyone is interested in, and then they are asking you, "Oh, by the way, do you want to sports? Do you want to place a sports bet?" and uh, that is going to lead to a much, much, much bigger um, potential uh, user base will actually uh, become activated in, in, in this field. And that's where the opportunity lies for the media place. We coined this uh, expression last week, right? Um, come for the content and stay for the betting. Exactly. Not the other way around, right? Exactly. And that's where the media houses have their advantage. And that's why uh, we see the likes of Endeavor, Disney, uh, uh, Dawson and others jumping on this opportunity now to activate a completely new demographic into the uh, into the sports betting market, and then it's just one step further to then offer casino and poker and the other products to cross sell those because we all know that those are the most profitable uh, services. Just like what PokerStars did when they pulled in a massive demographic of poker players, and then they cross sold casino uh, after a couple of years with StarsBet. So. 
I'll leave you with that. <laughs> and if you just take a, take a look at the at the overall food chain of a service you offer based on a subscription model, right? So uh, Disney Plus, also ESPN Plus, you already have paying customers, hmm. right? Their subscription happens on a month month by month basis. So the overall yeah. subscription is working. You just you, you you just use your credit card, and then your uh, subscription works as long as payment goes through. Pretty simple. Mm. So if you just want to offer one more thing, we, uh, as an example, sports betting, you just need to update your KYC process, right? As of mm. now, you can just you know, subscribe to ESPN Plus or Disney Plus, having a valid email address and having a valid um, payment method, right? As long as, as mm. this one is, uh, is working, you are able to sign up. So just adding the KYC that, um, you know, uh, the email address darkwingduck at uh, gmail.com is linked to Pierre Lind <laughs> or to Nico Jansen. And then... Um, the uh, the guy or girl just needs to you know prove the identity this is just one step and there are great 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 service providers who help you out with this one so you yeah. just need to add one more thing and you're able to diversify your uh, portfolio um, mm -hmm. your offerings to the customer uh, significantly right and um, of course um, having the Netflix, um, having the Endeavors, having the Amazon Primes um, um, on our minds. This is um, the competition Disney, etc. is facing. And whoever is able to switch the, um, to, 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 to switch the trick and uh, will be able to offer sports betting, reliable sports betting to their customers as well, this is just the next step to actually do. And as the companies we're talking about, they are all stock listed. So as soon as we will see one move of one company, the owners will for sure push the content providers towards why ain't you offering sports betting as well? And this is what your shareholders want you to do. Yep. And then you're you're supposed to actually, you know, um, do as your shareholders uh, need you and want you to actually do. Exactly. That, that's that's completely right, Nico. And and then this is one step further before before you go to ESPN Plus and you'll see uh, Evolution's live tables uh, options uh, there as well. <laughs> but uh, maybe that's a bit further in the future. But you never know. You never know. You never know. So, Nico, what, what do you say? We just passed the hour mark uh, uh, here today. I like that when we started planning these sessions that we were saying, oh, maybe let's keep it to 15 minutes. You know, how much can it be to talk about? But uh, this industry never sleeps and uh, this industry never gets boring. That is an absolute truism. And uh, I'm sure we'll have a lot of things to talk about in the, in the next couple of weeks as well. But it's been fantastic today, Nico, to, to, to talk to you like always. Exactly. And, and just remember, we just covered one week. <laughs> we just covered one week, right? It's not like, yeah, this has happened within within the last month. It's just one week. And as, as you have said, right, we were aiming to, for 15 minutes and we didn't even touch down uh, or zoom in into uh, a lot of the topics which just uh, have happened within the one 
one week. So it's it's just it's just yeah. crazy. We could easily add two more hours um, by switching over to other topics, and it's just it's just why the both of us and so many others just love our industry so much. Absolutely, I couldn't agree with you more, then Nico. And uh, I guess we'll have to continue these discussions over over Margarita at the beach, like we did last week, and uh, <laughs> uh, uh, trying to stay away from being sick. I guess uh, the the temperatures are not the best at the beaches over exactly. there in Germany. But exactly. <laughs> Nico, it's been an absolute pleasure. Thank you, everyone, for tuning in. Stay safe, everyone. Stay stay committed. Stay hard. Stay hard. Work hard, and uh, we'll see you next week again. Thank you, Nico. Okay. Thanks for having me, Pierre. Thanks for having me.